Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today. Welcome to the Far Post Perth, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome to the Far Post Perth, brought to you by Outside 90. My name is Donna Jaffray, and I'm here today with one of the greatest strikers to ever grace Australian football. He's also known as Perth, one of Perth Glory's favourite sons. Welcome, Damien Morrie. Good afternoon. How are you going, Damien? You well? Very good, thank you. That's good. Let's get straight into it. Let's talk about your prolific career. A lot of people um, in WA still talk about it. People in Victoria still talk about it. Let's let's rewind the clock a bit. Back to when you started, uh, particularly at Perth Glory, you joined them from Adelaide City and before that you were in Germany. What was going through your mind when things didn't work out in Germany and you made your way back to Adelaide City? Yeah, look, I guess things didn't work out, but I mean, how, how, how do you define that as not working out? I think, you know, every, every adventure uh, is an experience that you learn from. And I think, you know, from Germany, I took a lot of positives. Um, I got to see a different world and the way football was played, and and um, I think it was more positive. I don't say it never worked out. I think it was just you know a journey in my football career that uh, I got to enjoy, got to got to play in one of the best leagues in the world, and then you know from there obviously coming back to City and then going to Perth Glory. So I think I was quite fortunate as a player. Yeah, well, looking at your stats, when you made your way to Perth Glory from Adelaide. You made over 112 appearances and scored over 77 goals. A lot of people here call you one of the best strikers ever of Grace Perth Glory. You worked alongside Bobby Deskotovsky. What goes through your mind when people still say that you two were the most potent striking force um, to ever grace the NSL? What goes through your mind when you hear that? Now, obviously, we, you know, playing with Bobby was enjoyable. I think, you know, together we understood each other's you know, probably our strengths and weaknesses, and, and we played to it. And at that point in time, I think, you know, Bob and I were probably lucky and were fortunate to play in in, in the front line of a, of a team that was uh, blessed coming from behind with a good midfield and defence. So it was really a strong outfit. And we, we just got, I guess we get a lot of the accolades, but it was really a, a really good team at that point in time. So it just made it a lot easier for you to have those type of players standing behind you in order for you to do what you had to do on the park? Of course, so you need soccer. I mean, we always go down the path, but soccer is not an individual sport, is it? You know, without yeah. the defence yeah. doing their job, we can't do our job up front. So there's, if we're scoring three and our defence is not doing their job, we're conceding four. It's pointless. So I think back then we had a, such a strong outfit that everybody knew their jobs and, and, and did them well, and you know we got good results. Back in uh, 2002, the 2003 um, competition, you scored in the grand final. You won the NSL championship. What went through your mind when the final whistle was blown and you won that championship after all the hard work that you've put in throughout the few years? Yeah, but, uh, you know, with winning championships, I think you enjoy it. I guess, you know, like everything, every, everybody has a different feel. You work very hard all year and, and obviously that's what you're working towards. But I think you, you have a probably relief uh, that, you know, all the work that you put in, 
has paid off. And uh, again, I think you know you, you really enjoy it when you retire those sort of things. I think more so than when you're playing. I think at that time, you know, at the point that when you've won it, yes, it's great. But I think when you finish your career, they're the things you look back on, and you you, you look at the team and, and the players you play with, and it's, it's a memory that you never lose, and it's something that you get to share with a group of boys. Yeah, which is something that we're hoping that the A League side, the Perth Glory A League side, get to get to feel that experience that all you guys felt back in 2002 and 2004. What You know, you made your move from um, Perth Glory back to Adelaide City. There you were player and coach. What was it like being a player and a coach at the same time? What was the, you know, obviously you have a lot of pressure on yourself to be your best out on the field, but you've also got all the other 10 guys behind you on the park who also look up to you as a coach. What goes through your mind having to do both those jobs at the same time? Yeah, it was difficult to start with, but then I think I did for a couple of years and then I ended up just going into coaching. Yep. But uh, I think you've been a lot of experience. I had a very young team when I came back. I had a couple of, we brought in a couple of experienced players, so we had the backbone of the team was, you know, quite experienced and then the rest. So at times, although you're coaching, you get to coach on the field as well. So sometimes it can be a little bit easier, uh, especially when it was a younger team. But again, I th- you know, I was quite happy with the squad that we had and, we were quite successful through that period as well. So, yeah, I guess you just you get on with it. And I think, you know, coaching and playing, and when you're playing, I guess now being the coach, not a lot you can do, but when I was playing, you probably added by playing and, and gave that help there. So it's a good question. I probably wouldn't want to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> and let's just quickly sidetrack to the goal that you scored, the quickest goal, um, the fastest goal ever. It was a world record. Was there much media attention um, around that goal that was scored? Oh, it was a bit. Uh, I mean, if soccer was at the same state it was now with uh, in regards to what the A-League is, we probably would have got a little bit more. But that was known of, you know, throughout the world. I had calls from Italy and a few other countries. So it was pleasing at the time. Perfect. And let's just side, let's move a bit forward into everything. You did your coaching. You won Coach of the Year um, over there um, in Adelaide. Now, let's talk about Adelaide City at the moment. There's a lot of hype about expanding the A-League, bringing in clubs. Um, already established clubs and not having to start from the bottom like they did with Western Sydney, even though it's become a very good franchise. What are your thoughts about Adelaide City bidding to join the A-League, the likes of South Melbourne as well? What are your thoughts going on that? Look, my, my biggest concern at the moment is more teams, not just not just for, for football and for, for the league. They need it for the players. They need it for the kids that are coming through. They need... Uh, they need to see that there is a pathway for, for the younger players coming through. I mean, if you look at this point in time, you've got one team that's from Wellington and nine playing in, a, in the, uh, from Australia. It's a, when you take the foreigners out, I think it works out about 135 players wow. that get a professional contract. Now, you know, we need to make sure that we have a pathway for all these kids that are coming through, and at the moment we don't. And I think we just need more teams uh to get in and to obviously offer these players an opportunity, which at the moment we've been starved, and you can see with the results in the Olympic team and the uh, under under 18s and those groups that where these players are not playing senior football, it's just not enough opportunity. Well, yeah, we saw that um, there was a big talking point regarding that with the Socceroos, obviously with a few of the players not having enough game time, and they've come out to play in a world, you know, in a qualifier, and they just weren't at their best. So it's a big talking point that there's not enough 
places for these guys to, you know, to build momentum, to get match game time. Are you pro for the pro and regulation in the A-League? Is that something that you think should be implemented to give these kids a backbone to continue playing? Sorry, I missed that question. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Promotion and relegation in the A-League. Oh, promotion. Sorry. sorry. I didn't get I the promotion. I just cut it short. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> the issue with promotion and relegation is going to be that you need teams in every state and you couldn't afford that a Perth Glory hypothetically and, and, and Adelaide United were at the bottom and got relegated and then teams from Sydney come in, then you'd have no one playing in those states. So I think that has to be thought thought a little bit thought through a little bit more because obviously we need uh, teams in every state playing. Of course. I think obviously the expansion for me is, is, is the most important. I just believe more clubs, more teams, it just will generate more games, obviously. It just brings some more excitement to the league. Of course. And let's um, move forward to the Socceroos, um, following it closely. The game um, that just that we witnessed on Tuesday night that they played against um, Thailand, they thought it was going to be... A lot of people thought it would be an easy game. It wasn't. Thailand came out in force. Where do you, what do you think needs to change in the Socceroos squad? Andrew had a big philosophy that... If you weren't getting game time at your said club, you weren't going to get game time playing with the Socceroos. But the likes of Robbie Cruz, Matt Ryan, who haven't had much game time, all got a full game. What do you think needs to change in order for them to move forward in the next few qualifiers? Yeah, I think, look, I, I looked at the game, and if you look at the game, I think Australia's changed a little bit the way they're playing. So yeah. I think they need to really... Again, I'm not the national team coach, and that's no. just the best coach going around. So, um, but I think we're not playing the same brand of football that we started uh, early in the season. We've changed the system, and it, to me, it doesn't flow as well as what it used to. So, I guess I think they need to look at that. And you know, you can blame, but I think it's only a couple of players that weren't playing. I think it's three players. One's a goalkeeper, yes. and the other is only two players. So, if that's the, the problem, then we've got a big problem. I just think. At this point in time, maybe we need to get back to playing. I think going back to the way we played maybe four or five games ago, where we played the four-three-three, sure. more open type of football, and use the strengths of the players. There was a lot of hype about uh, Tim Cahill being left out of the squad. I asked Bobby Vesotowski the same question: Was that a mistake leaving him out of the squad, or do you think that was the right move in order to give the the new generation a shot. <laughs> Look, again, I keep saying it's a national team. You don't rely on one player. Timmy Cow to be hasn't played full games for the national team. He's only yep. come off the bench, so they're not relying on him. So I don't think so. I think you know, for me, that was just a bad performance, and we've probably had three poor performances in the last three qualifiers. So obviously something something needs to be addressed and something needs to be looked at, whether it's the, the style that we're playing and, and the setups, because it doesn't seem to be working as well as it has before the last three games when he's changed. Yeah. When I put the green and gold on, it just doesn't look quite right at the moment. seems that something looks wrong, and yep. there is obviously with the results. But of course. I'm sure that Ange is a good enough coach to get them out of this. Yeah, and going on Tim Cahill, he's obviously joined the A-League now. There's been a there's been a lot of mixed reviews about him joining the A League. Um, in my opinion, it's great for Australian football. It's great to put the stamp on it. We know how much work he does off the pitch with 
grassroots football with his Tim Cahill Academy and so forth. What are your thoughts on the likes of, you know, Tim Cahill, the Josh Kennedys and all that joining the A-League? Yeah, I think like Tim Cahill joining the A-League has been fantastic. But I guess what what it all boils down to, it's wonderful for the marketing perspective of the game. But at the same time, need to deliver on the part to watch the games. It's probably the best in the last three or four performances. So yes. people come to watch football. And I think, you know, when you come back and you are going to be a marquee player, not only do we need the help off the park, but we need it on the park, yeah, because people that's what people come to watch, and the football purists like to see players playing at their best. So I think, you know, like I said, we I would think that Timmy does get uh, put under a lot of pressure in games because people do single him out and teams do single him, but I think he needs to obviously start to give, give us a little bit more on the ground so that it will bring people through the gates. Of course. Do you think that a lot of players are coming into the A-League, whether it be Tim Cahill or anybody else, think underestimate the league itself? Do you think that they come here and think it's going to be a walk in the park for them? Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm not sure if they underestimate it. Um, I think uh, that the league itself now is uh, is, is making inroads in, into to, to, to Europe. When I say that, I mean that people are respecting the league. I think the difficulties that people don't understand about an Australian league is that every second week you're jumping on a plane to... To, to fly to games, whereas in Europe you're in a bus, you're two hours, three hours. So these are the difficult things that, that weigh down the players that come from those season. And, and someone like even, you know, you're talking to me, Carl, and that wouldn't be used to doing that week in, week out. They, they'd be used to, you know, the shorter travel. And, and that does take a toll on you. So they're things that, you know, people need to understand that that's what makes this league even more difficult. So, um, yeah, that's one of the things that that's important that for our, for these players that they come there that they need to get conditioned to to the travelling. Yep, of course. And there was one, you know, we put a, a poll out there for people to ask me questions to relay back to you. And one of them was there was an article that went around that you were up for the uh, Central Coast Mariners job. Is coaching in the A League something that interests you? Yeah, of course. I mean. That's what I've been. I've been coaching 13 years now yep. in Adelaide, hoping for the opportunity. And again, coaching is different to playing. I keep saying to people, playing you get to choose, you get the opportunity to to prove yourself. Coaching is a little bit different. You know, it's not just a result oriented job. I think you've got to fit, tick a lot of the boxes. And you know, we keep working hard to to get that. And hopefully, the opportunity comes soon. And is Adelaide City bidding to join the A League? The question that yeah, think, people are asking. Yeah, I, I think we're going to look at it. Uh, I think there's quite a few clubs. I think, you know, obviously we've got a proud history, yeah. um, good junior development. And, and and obviously if there's opportunity to, to, to go, we'd obviously be uh, putting a bid in. Where do you think the next club should come from? A lot of people are saying Canberra. There's talks of another Sydney team. South Melbourne are bidding. Um, they're getting all their ducks in a row to start bidding for it. Where do you personally think the next club should come from in order to expand? That's not for me. I don't know the statistics. But you know, my, my thing is that whoever comes in needs to be sustainable. Yep. As long as they tick the boxes and they show that they've got the funds and they can manage and run a club, I'm not fast. I mean, if you could get another four or five teams that could come in that are saying that they're, they're, they're financially viable and they can, they can guarantee that the team can survive the next five, six years and be competitive... I'm all for it. I think, you know, you expand as quick. I mean, it's all about the dollars. Of course. And providing clubs can, you know, providing the clubs are sustainable, 
I think you just keep expanding because, like I said, we've got thousands of people playing the game and not enough, uh, not enough clubs for them to, to get to. And I think that can be the the, the the problem that we may run into when these young players see that there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, well, it is the as you said, it is the um, the most played sport in Australia ahead of all other codes. Talking about Perth Glory, have you been watching their games this season? Yeah, I watch all the football. Perfect. And what are your thoughts on Glory season so far? You know, you look at their team on paper and myself, you know, not being a Perth Glory member uh, or a supporter, I look at it and I fear when Melbourne Victory come to play them here. I fear it because they just look quite tantalising on paper. What's your thoughts on the team at the moment? I think they've got a good squad um, paper. I think, yeah, the league's quite even and I think people need to see that. I, I think the important thing at the moment is that Perth Glory need to win games at home. Yes. And you need to be strong at home. And I think, you know, uh, obviously picking up points away here and there uh, is okay, but at home you need to win your games. And I think in order to be uh, in the top three or four, that's key. And so, you know, like I said, Perth's got a good squad on paper. They've bought new players. It's a tight league. It's a tough league. I don't think people understand how even it is, and anyone can anyone on each on any given day. Yep. But and you need to make your home ground a fortress. And what message do you have? A lot of Perth Glory supporters uh, talk about what a great player you were for the team, how much they loved having you around. What's a message that you can send to them? You know, it's quite mixed over here in WA. It's either you're winning and you're their favourite. If you're losing, you're the worst to come to Earth. So there's no middle ground over here in Perth for football. What is the message that you can send out to the supporters over here? You've got to stick by your club when it's in the good and the bad times. You know, I think players thrive on that. And I think as long as the, the supporters understand that the players are playing and giving the most they can, things will change. It's a, it's a difficult game to play and, and not all the time, you know, your team wins, but you need to support them through the good and bad times. And that's a perfect way to end it. Thank you so much, Damien, for joining us today on The Far Post Perth. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at The Far Post Perth. Thanks for listening to The Far Post Perth, powered by Outside90.com. Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online.